Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ryan, you were saying it back in the I can barely hear you, brother. Really? Yeah, something happened there. You said, Brian, it was something, and then I lost you. What is going on? This is the... How about now? Can you hear me now? That's better. Weird. I keep having these uh, these glitches. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Oh, what'd you say? I said... Uh, you were singing for me backstage and I was wondering if, if, if that's for the listeners as well or just for me. It was just for you. I, I was in uh, like a Walgreens or something and had heard a uh, Sugar Ray song. Yeah. I couldn't get out of my head. So, you know, like the trick to get a song out of your head, you listen to it. So I played it on YouTube just as I was working and then it did like a whole 90s, like, re- you know, next song. <laughs> I can't get those songs out of my head. Wait, does that trick actually work? Listening to a song is out of your it- head? This sure raise on my head right now, but now new radicals is in my head. <laughs> there you go. Um, you you are back from the live final. You were in Philadelphia this weekend. Uh, tell us about how much fun you had with your DFS bros. It was a blast. <laughs> I was gonna... how, how, how did your your lineups go though? Eh, not great. I yeah. I went. Um, I tried to fade. I faded uh, uh, one the chalk pitcher Tyler Anderson, and uh, he gave up two runs. And I took two of the opposing hitters from Miami. So probably too much risk in hindsight, but the first inning he gave up two runs, but the bomb wasn't from my guy. And, uh, and then he just dominated after that. So he wasn't the optimal, at least for that GPP. So it was, I, th- I think I took like 20th or something. Okay. What, uh, who, who, who took it down? Who won? Um, I can't remember. Once okay. I was like, knew I was out of it, click off. You said they're all lucky. I'm done. They're all lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how many bullets did you have? Just one. Okay. I think the most was somebody had like three. And wait, so this is it. I did you play uh, more uh, than that lineup on that slate? Did you play the full slate? Oh yeah, I played the whole the full and slate. And do you just do you fucking rand function which one you toss in the qualifier? Or you do a little. No, game? that one I actually pick. I I I I picked from a from a list. Okay, but you didn't. You didn't. You still didn't hand build it. No, I like made my own like simulation just for that one, and then yeah, went through the top ten and then picked one out. There you go. Where were any of your other top ten lineups would have been? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, the other the, I was looking at, um, uh, Meagle, Is that how you pronounce his name? The the, the Mets pitcher. You're asking and, the wrong guy on that. And. Um, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't go with it, but he got like almost 40 points and well, uh, and the stack I had in there was pretty good. And I like, like the options were from Kansas city players, Ben attendee, and I didn't use them. And he, he got like 36 points. So I had, I had, a, I had all the guys. I just didn't, uh, I didn't pick the right one. Uh, that at least would have been like top five or something like that. If I would have picked, I was, the, the whole thing was I was fading either, uh, Robbie Ray or Tyler Anderson, they were the two chalk pitchers. How uh how did our friends of the show do? We have our whistles go woo, our run pure brothers, our awesomos, our Eric Bimeforce. No, I don't think any of them did, did anything special. Uh, uh I think one of the run pure guys who I think he might have finished top five or something. Okay. Um, OA saying the stream is not online on yours. I have your thing selected on here. Uh, yeah, it's trying it there. It's trying to go live. It should be live now. It's trying. 
Yeah. There you go. Uh, so, uh, and also I should, uh, I don't think he would mind. He sent me, uh, Matt did some of his photos here. Let me, yeah, uh, I was on that. I saw it. Let me, let me see if I could get these pulled up. It seemed like he had a great time. Uh, his Lowell's merchandise did not show up in time, but he improvised as we are known to do around here. And uh, it looked like he had a, a, a great time. Him and his bro checking out the sites in Philadelphia. Let me get a little share screen here. We'll, we'll live vicariously through Matt's experience. Started off in Reno. He was making the rounds. That's actually a very cool shot with all the uh, Hollywood cool there. Shot. Yeah. Downtown Philly. Very nice. That building. <laughs> this poor guy felt so bad because I said of Lowell's gear that he decided he had to walk around with this cardboard side like a like a, a DFS podcast homeless man. <laughs> uh, in front of the Liberty Bell. You love to see it. That thing's cracked. I know that is, they got to fix that, Brian. Yeah. They do. Hope they didn't do it. Listen to Lowell's. There we go. <laughs> I absolutely love this. Okay. So this is the setup here. This is what you missed out on, Brian. That could have been you enjoying okay. this, this experience here. Lovely sights. Benny Franks. Nice fountain. What's up, Matt? Love. Oh. Was he sneaking on being skeevy there? <laughs> Come on, Brian. Let's Come not on, man. Don't not, do that. Don't do it, do Brian. That. It was just show a coincidence. Up. Okay. Okay. Let's let it. Let's cut him some slack here. Can we spot anyone? Can, can we spot an Osmo? This is like a DFS Where's Waldo, I feel like. I don't know if we're going to be able to spot uh, Let's see. I can't. Uh, I don't let me I'm, guess. A bunch of white nerds. <laughs> Brian, save it for the show. Uh, Philly's ballpark here. Here's Matt. Hi, it was just nice to have a place to stay for a few nights. Whistles was a popular guy. Okay. Uh, who, yeah, was everyone, uh, trying to talk to Alex and whistles or what, what happened? Yeah. Let us, uh, let us know in the chat, Matt. What happens to you, Pete? Like when you go to Vegas, what's that? So what happens for you when you go to like Vegas, whatever you get, do people come up to you? So it was kind of funny because we were out there for ship chasing and it's this weird thing where everyone out there knows who we are, but a lot of them don't like us. So it's (laughs) like this thing where, you know, people would like, we would be in a draft and like people would be making references to things we've said on shows, but it's not like I want to come and take a picture with Pete. It's like, oh, these are the assholes that have a different fantasy strategy than I do and think we're idiots. Like that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Is this like a... I might be miscategorizing it, but that's how it feels a little bit. Is this like a fan, like a, a season long? Yeah. Bro issue. Oh, I didn't see this one. You did it for the community. Look at that Philadelphia Eagles locker room right above it. Community. You love to see it. Wow. Super Bowl champions. This could have been you, Brian. You passed up on this experience. Uh, yeah, and you know how I love uh, fandom. And things like that, yeah. Right, you would have been first one in putting your hands in for this group cheer. Ugh. They're doing somewhere they're gonna say like one, two, three, go team. That could have been. Yeah, you know what would have been the worst? They would. I wouldn't have done it. And then they'd be like, "Come on, let's all get in here. Let's all get in here." I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to. I don't want to fucking do it. And I was like, "Fine, all right." Oh man, Brian, you you should have seen the things I've had to do in my life during improv warmups. The amount of uh, team camaraderie building I've had to sit through. I'm like, I'm not on the team. I quit. I'm not on the team. That's pretty cool. Got to go on the field there. I feel, I, I should know who this is. Do we know who this is? Who yeah, is the, this masks, the masks. The masks really don't help with that. Matt, who is this? Celebrity photos. Is Matt like six foot five or something? And maybe that's like a cornerback or something? I think Matt's, Matt's pretty tall. I get the vibe he's like. Okay, we probably should have known that. Brian yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook was like what five ten? Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a paid actor. <laughs> the DraftKings couldn't afford the actual Brian Westbrook, so they had to get uh, they an actor named Brian Westbrook. Yeah, uh, looked like you had a great time, Matt. Congratulations to winning um, 
just a horribly organized giveaway on our part, but it seems like Brian, we did a good job getting the tickets into the hands of someone who had a great time and enjoyed it. Yeah, That was cool. Right. Like uh, it was cool on DK. Thanks for letting us swap those so someone could go and enjoy them too. So if you guys are going to try to shame us for not knowing who a a football player is that has a mask on, uh, I'm I'm sorry. I I can't help you out there. I'm not, I refuse to be canceled. Oh, a guy named Philly is upset that I didn't know. Okay. I'm sorry. Look at his, uh, his avatar though. All right. I'm going to send you guys photos of sports legends wearing masks and we'll see how many of those you guys can get. Right. Be a good, a good contest for you guys. Um, (laughs) it's always like when you see like the, the people in Evan Silva's mentions when he has a football take and the guy who's always outrageous, like you're, you're trashing the bucks. And then you go read his profile name and it's literally bucks lover 69. It's like, come on guys. Yeah. It's a religion. (laughs) Um, how was your otherwise though? Uh, first week of NFL action. I want to actually real quick say, Brian, I see a trend where, People supposed post screenshots of winning stuff, and I swear to God, your name is always in the screenshot. Not necessarily, uh, you know, the bride, but you're always a bridesmaid in a screenshot that I see. Oh, I haven't, I haven't seen any of those. Uh, I did, I, I did get uh, screwed though from the Millie in the hundred dollar Millie. I took third, and um, that's the screenshot I think I saw. Yeah, it was uh, the, the fucking Pats, of course. Uh, they, they, they had what first, first and 10 at the 11 on the dolphins. Right. Yeah. So the Pats and the chiefs games were the last ones left two and a half minutes. I'm in third down, like four points. And I had James white waddle on the bring back. Was that a late swap or the original no, lineup? Original lineup. And, um, a chiefs double stack. No bring back. Um, no. I don't think so. Uh, Who they play? The Browns. No, I don't think of that one. Anyways, quite a bit left for for four minutes, and um, and I, but I wasn't sweating. I was driving, and I got back, and I was just like kind of like getting ready for Sunday night, and uh, I'm like, well, let's just see what I'm doing here. I'm like, oh, this looks like a good one. I'm like, holy shit, I got five guys left, two and a half minutes left, more points. And then Damian Anderson fumbles. Brutal. So even if they just kick a field goal and White doesn't get another couple of points, I could still probably get a couple catches. Yeah. And then I go to red zone, turn on the Chiefs game, and it's uh, and it's like, Holmes is in victory formation. I'm like, I'm like fuck, nothing. Wow. So I got like zero points. It was it was probably it was probably like more than three minutes left in both games, and those are the only two games left. So it was like pretty ideal spot for a little little push there. It's not guaranteed, obviously, but what did, you do? did you have that lineup in any other contests? Yeah. Yeah. I took, uh, like, well, all the, all the one fifties. Yeah. Except for the late date. The, so stupid. I didn't, uh, I didn't reg- fully register for the late $20 hundred K to first one. Like they posted it, I don't know, Saturday or Sunday morning. And I just put a couple in there and then because I didn't know what the payout structure was or anything. And I was busy and I just never got around to maxing it. And I still don't know what the payout structure is, but I would have I would have won that one. So you uh, you put your same 150 set in multiple contests? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. The three three or four one fifties, I just put the same ones in there and then Yeah. Um Yeah. What uh did you have any insights, you know, after you, you were getting your football model ready to go, anything surprised you as far as ownership or things the field was doing or stuff you learned? No, no, I just let it run and put it in there. Um, uh, cash, cash went pretty well. Uh, I think I, I picked the wrong lineup in cash and got a little lucky, honestly, and um, broke. I won like a thousand dollars or something on Yahoo. Like basically yeah. broke even. Um, yeah. Super draft, I lost. Uh, I saw your thumbnail from your video. I didn't watch the video, but it sounded like things didn't go so hot for you. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't do. I mean, I only had a couple of lineups, though. You know, if I had 150 lineups like you, Brian, I'd win every. Single <laughs> <day>. <laughs> 
Um, no, I was I was happy uh, with my my overall constructions and stuff. Circling back with the the Mahomes double stack. So I I assume you don't you didn't have a rule to force a, a bring back in that. I don't make any rules. Really, the sim is taken care right. of. Right, it should all be taken account in there. Um, in theory, I might be wrong. Hopefully not. But yeah, if I um, otherwise, if I was just doing fantasy cruncher, I would kind of let it uh, naturally happen with the fantasy cruncher uh, adjustments you can make. Yeah, yeah, because the way you've like the way I understand it, right, is like the correlation is giving you a bit of a boost. It's making those other players slightly more valuable than equally projected players in other situations. But when your sim is not putting the bring back, it's saying we're identifying spots where the value is even better, even though the Browns are getting a correlation boost in this lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to Blender's latest podcast with them for, and like, um, like the game theory rationalization is kind of how like I describe how a lot of guys do it, which is not like a bad way to do it, but there it, it is a lot of rationalizing, not to be insulting, but like um, you know because you're like okay this guy, this guy will be low owned because of this, so uh, it's a good spot to put him in, and like yeah probably maybe I don't know, but like you really can't tell till you figure out all the interactions, so like maybe. It's not enough. You know, maybe yeah. that double stack isn't enough for that to be a good lineup. Like, you know, double stacks, like there's a lot of correlation there, but is it enough? Right. And so, like, that's the, that's like, I don't want to guess. Um, although this is, I mean, it's all guessing and it's to some extent, obviously, but like, I don't want to do it myself. Like, I don't want to go, like, okay, now what about this one? Okay. Is the chief stack worth it because they're so high priced that not a lot of guys are going to put them in there. Right. Something like that, you know, would be like a perfectly reasonable thing to think, but how do you really know? How can you tell where's your feedback coming from? You know? So that's why I like Sims. And I know you can't, it's hard to, you know, fully articulate, you know, what's going on there. But when I, so when I hear you say James white and Jalen Waddle in my head, I'm like, Oh, secondary mini correlation. That makes so much sense, you know, targeting that game. But you're not touching that. The sim is landing on that on its own. Right. Yeah, exactly. And white was not owned at all. You know, it could, that could be a mistake too, but um, it, it, it ended up in there. Yeah. That's uh, that's it. And so are, are there then tweaks that you are going to make to your model going forward? Or is it just in a place where it's now just putting in like the new data from week one? It's all, it's, it'll always be, updating something yeah hopefully nothing crazy but yeah small updates but you can't overwhelm it because i still do it on my my pc and so the the more you get the slower your pc goes but like that's how i mean you want to if you if you could simulate an actual game you know actual exactly what would happen not exactly what happened but you know i mean like somehow if the universe could replay this game over and over again the closer you get to that you know, then you're just going to end up printing all the money. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, how do you, how do you think about that? Because, you know, so for me as a hand builder, you know, relying on the kind of tried and true correlations helps eliminate the amount of decisions I have to make where, you know, even if I, you know, I could, I could pick off, you know, low owned plays. I could look at projected ownership. Um, but then like that would still like leave a ton of plays for me. And then, so the, then the correlation is really what helps me narrow down the pool. And then it's like me just putting the puzzle pieces together that I, you know, kind of prefer or whatever. H- how do I like, cause I feel like that is the biggest trap. Like I don't think I would have ever been able to hand build a Mahomes double stack without the bring back. Is it, is it impossible for a hand builder to kind of land on that construction in a smart way? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but like, but like I said, it's like, how, how do you know? How can you tell? Like, you know, like, you know, that these things make logical sense. And we're kind of talking vague here, like, but people who play DFS or best ball know what we're talking about, right? Like yeah. the correlations, the correlations between the players in the same teams, 
the negative correlations, you know, like between a defense and the opposing quarterback or opposing players in general, the uh, players on opposing teams. Okay. You know, all that great. Like, or like leverage, you know, and how to properly define that. And like what, okay, you know, all that stuff, but like, how do you quantify whether it's worth I did that correlation for skill video like a year and a half ago. And it's basically still the same idea is like, okay. So like, say you take all the greatest game theory ideas and, but it's the high school quarterback and wide receiver, right? Like, okay, well the high school quarterback and wide receiver are going to get fucking smashed. You know what I mean? You'd much rather just take Lamar Jackson and, Tyreek Hill, even though there's no correlation there. Right. Right. I'm just making up players, obviously, but like it's when does that uh, skill level or projected points or however you want to define it makes outweigh doing something else. Right. And you're it's, just, I mean, you're just guessing. You're guessing because it's, unless you have a sim, it's impossible to know how many points that correlation is worth. Yeah, well, there's, there's, yeah, three ways. So you're guessing, you're making a sim, or you're using historical data, and then from historical da- historical data, you'll adjust your your process, however you however you want to find that, yeah. and then from there, it'll, it'll it'll populate lineups for you. Yeah, and and that's the thing too with those, you know. One of the reasons too, I loved now using the run the sim stuff for, uh, I did my first showdown slate show on Thursday and just getting to change the macro inputs for game flow and seeing the type of lineups it was spitting out where it's like, it's still, it's getting you closer to understanding like the levers that are being pulled to get you there. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. And, and now you're not, you're not guessing as much. Right. Yeah. I saw that I saw that show and um and it was giving you a lot of uh five one stacks, right? Like it was and a lot of times if you just go opt- optimizer and showdowns, that's not gonna happen. A so, lot of three threes and optimizers. A lot of three threes, four twos and optimizers. That's that's the other thing too that is it's fun for me because like last year when I was like building 20 max with an optimizer, I was I was kind of like building through those stack combos, right? Like I would run five ones, run four twos, three threes, trying to get a variety, but like it almost feels like a, a scattershot process. Like I enjoy that sim process now more of like, let me pick a specific game scenario. And then the sim will tell me which of those constructions is optimal for that projected game flow. Showdown's the, showdown's the perfect example. So, like, in football, you don't have to think about – in football. In classic, you don't have to think about defense versus opposing quarterback, right? You just don't do it. In showdown, you you have to at least consider it. I mean, I do it, but uh, I could be – you know, someone can argue against me, I guess. Okay, now, now you can't just blanketly throw some game theory thing and say, no, you can't do it because there's going to be so many combos where – in classic, you never play defense against quarterback in a GPP, right? So the sim, and I'm pretty sure I don't know all the inner workings of run the sims, but this that that will tell you, like like no, like even putting this defense is still a top whatever twenty lineup against the opposing QB, which will happen all the time, right? Or it'll say, or it'll you know, I'm just making stuff up here. Or it'll say like not the QB, but you could still play three other guys from the other team. You know what I mean? Like the cheap guy or something, I, you know, but at least you're not, you're not guessing as much. Yeah. So then how, cause that's the other thing that for me, so I was messing, you know, around with those, I was getting different game flows. Raiders win by 10, they lose. Oh, what happens if rugs has the big target share and not Waller, yada, yada, getting very different lineups. And then that gives you the path that you want to take on your hunch. Like when you're running, your sim and you're putting out your lineups is your sim making one of those macro assumptions like how is that working when when you can see that the lineups are so different based on whatever angle you take with that from the macro standpoint well i can't do mine like that run the sims where you change the score okay 
Mine is more on like the like I was like our last show or whatever we did where it's just the distribution uh, will have all those outcomes in there, and then it'll figure it out from the distribution. So like you're kind of like you, you know your terms bullying. I, I like to say tricking, but like either way, it's the same thing where you're kind of uh, tricking the sim to, to this new score and then picking the best ones from that one. Um, Would you say your sim then, like when you're outputting, say, your 150 lineups, it's giving you the best 20 lineups from Raiders blowouts. It's giving you the best 13 lineups from a really close game. It's giving you the best four lineups when Henry Ruggs is the highest scoring player on the slate. Is that kind of like the menage of lineups you're getting out of that? You know, I, I don't, I'd have to like look at them more closely, honestly, but I think it's what I hope I'm trying to accomplish is factor all the interactions that go on and then it'll pick, it'll pick from there, the top, 150 mm-hmm. um and you could do it from a whole bunch of different different ways like ev or roi or some other metric because i'm just thinking of it and I, I know this is a very simplistic thing but say i'm you know bullying tricking the uh the simulator there and say i'm playing lineups in the scenario where the raiders win by 14 points I, I have a very simple rooting interest in this game. Like, I know the kind of outcome I want. Like, when you submit your lineups, and I know you don't, like, sweat football in this exact way, but do you know the general type of game flow outcome you're rooting for for your setup 150? No. 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 I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's just what's interesting to me because it just seems like the the lineup sets can change so much based on just a few small assumption tweaks. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is why randomness can help you. Yeah. So you can get some non optimizer answers because like 14.75 points versus 12.5 points. It's pretty hard for the optimizer to overcome that. But in reality, it's just, you know, a, a little more expected, catch or touchdown chance it's not a big deal in football yeah how uh how did your kind of ownership uh line up with the with the field is your is your ownership pretty dialed in in week one or were there some weird stuff that surprised you i'm not i'm not doing football ownership okay personally um but uh i thought i was gonna be pretty chalky but i think it was um i think it was pretty pretty solid I was was fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it like, I don't know the more, like I was pushing in this direction last year. uh, And I feel like I'm even going to get more like radical on like main slates, especially of just being like super contrarian. Like I, I, I just feel like there's so many players, there's so many spots. And like, when you, if you think about like, like, how would you think about this for like perfectly efficient ownership? Like, wouldn't it be just way, way more flat and spread out than it is? That, like, basically all the situations or a lot of different situations have a similar probability of reaching, like, a slate-winning outcome or whatever? Yeah. I mean, again, you're you're going to have to guess here. Right. But, like, yeah. But, like, I, 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 I definitely don't hate ever being contrarian to a point. Yeah. Yeah, and taking some shots. Yeah, it just seems like, and I, I guess it, it is a little different earlier in the season because I think we're even guessing way more on usage. We're taking like just little nuggets from off season, preseason, and then trying to extrapolate. I, I, I think those probably those bands like start to tighten just as we get way more of a sample size. But man, at least these first few weeks, I, it just is really pushing me in the direction of of being way more contrarian, especially if it leads you to second half plays. Because people are not adjusting. Yeah. And so if you can adjust in the second half in your hand building like you are and you're only playing a few lineups, that's that seems like a no-brainer, easy EV solution. Yeah. Uh, we have Petty Theft in the chat. He's asking you, did Brick not like week one as much? Surprised to see him not max the 100 uh, millimaker. Yeah, no, that was, on, yeah, that was on purpose. I don't like any or dislike any week. But um, – the the hundred the million to first hundred uh, k uh, to second is like just so much variance in your bankroll 
that I just, uh, it's just a uh, uh, habit. And now I, I just won't max those. Like, it, I'm not even sure if we should be playing them. The $100 ones, maybe. Yeah. And that's the one I took third in. So I got 50000 instead of a million. You know, like, just because you have an edge doesn't mean you have the bankroll to handle the variance. Like, I've used the example before. Like, you can have an edge in the lottery when the Powerball rolls over 100 times or whatever like technically you have an edge on every dollar you invest but not even jeff bezos has the bankroll to withstand the variance yeah and just to confirm when you say second half plays you, you mean the uh late the games. slate yeah 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 three yeah three four eastern three real america time yeah 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 my uh i was in my, in the situation where it's like i i had set up for some late games like if i needed to let a if i wanted to i my pivots go the other direction it's like if i do so well i can pivot my contrarian lineup to an alvin kamara <laughs> but but i'm so dusted that my my naturally already contrarian lineups i just have to, uh, to let what was landry play. owned like three percent or something yeah i think it was because his salary was a little pricey um but i guess with the context of um with Odell getting ruled out, maybe he should have been a little bit more attractive. Yeah, I, I bet if Odell was ruled out a day before, like he is now, he would have been over three percent. Well, and it it also goes into like talk about like, would have been really high on. Yeah, but even this thing about overconfidence, like you know, I was tracking everything in the preseason, writing up blurbs. Donovan Peoples Jones on the Browns just literally it was like every other day I was writing up a blurb about how good he looked and the team raving about him, blah, blah, blah. He literally, they come out, you think Odell's out. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Donovan Peoples-Jones' time to shine. It's Anthony Schwartz. Schwartz is getting all the downfield targets, getting all the work. It's like we don't know anything in these situations. I, so I took third in the second half so, uh, afternoon games, The whatever the Wildcat is for that one. Yeah. Uh, with Donovan Peoples-Jones in my lineup. Really? Yeah. So one more catch, and I'm 100K instead of 20. And in that scenario, it doesn't really hurt you because no one else, it's not like people are leveraging Anthony Schwartz on your, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones. No, I just wanted him to get a catch so I can make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. So, okay. So you're, yeah, you're grinding all the, uh, the 4 PM slates as well. Uh, well, the, I like in football, the first six weeks, like probably like, I don't know, week 10, I'll start considering not playing cash. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, like this is, this is the most popular sport by what Pete 10 time. Like it's a it, football's really popular. Yeah. Um, I know the answer to this question, but I'll let you answer it for Nate. If you don't max enter, do you manually choose the lineups you enter in those contests? N generally? No. no, this is you're talking to the guy who ran functions, everything in his life. Yeah. <laughs> You no, but I, I do understand the question he's saying. So from your 150 set, you, are are you just randing like 20 if you're putting 20 in something instead of the 150? Um, I mean, there's a little bit of a process there, but like I've I've said this before, I um I'm trying to dial that in to where that's automated as well, and I don't have to even think about it. Yep. Because there's a big difference between a thousand. Man, GPP, 1,000 opponents, and uh, what is 180,000 opponents? I don't even know what the size of those ones were. Yeah. Um, Andrew, which, by the way, happy birthday, Andrew. Um, what was Brick's cash lineup difference that he thought wasn't optimal? 
Uh, I should have pl- uh, the the three cheap wide receivers. I didn't do. And then and then uh, would just tell people what what cash lineup did you roll out? Did I did Allen know? instead of Hertz. That was probably a mistake. I don't know. And then with that, then I did Kamara, uh, CMC, uh, Mixon. So I mean I like that I, I I mean that all those guys sound pretty good right but then but then that changes your what uh, you can't get I don't know Kelsey I'm assuming so I had uh, Kittle a lot of people played Kelsey in cash everyone's playing Pitts in cash oh, I'm sorry Pitts yeah yeah, yeah. Pitt, I had Pitts Callaway um, Jones Jr. and then Higgins so Higgins was probably a mistake and I don't it's all know man. I feel like that was the sharp build getting up to one of those receivers with a, with a little bit more target expectation. Cause everyone was punting it off with the fairly yeah. thin, thin plays. It was cook cooks and cooks and hurts or mixing in Allen too. Like those. So I don't know. I think, I think though in hindsight that the Elijah Moore Callaway Jones wide receiver is probably the way to go. Yeah. I don't, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, Marquez Callaway. He was he was uh, he was pretty popular. Um, he looked like one of the the better oh, yeah. values on the slate. Yeah, he he was he had to be on like no. no I feel like I feel like you made some of the. I guess I think Hertz obviously was the sharp play, but getting off of Cook to go Dalvin Cook to go down to Joe Mixon. I mean, that was one of the sharper plays you could make. Well, well thank you. I, I I don't know, and I in hindsight, I don't like it, even though I won. Well, I think um, because everyone got funneled to that same construction of it was just how rare is it on a slate where you can jam the three best running back plays? Be, we're not going to have you know three three K wide receivers every week, and so I think people just got enamored with that build and just getting down to Mixon and allowing you to get up to Higgins just gave you not only like I was listening to um, uh, Pat James, I was listening to him talk, and and he had a very similar lineup that you did, although I think he had Hurts. Um, instead, but he was just saying just by being slightly unique off the really duplicated chalk, like build that, like it, it, it makes it so much easier to win your cash contest. Like having just the slightest GPP mindset to cash game seems like, uh, there's a lot of value to it. Yeah. I like, I don't know. I, I like, couldn't get off pits. I'm like 4,400. That's, that's too much. I again, draft them in my best ball teams. Um, we got uh, Gerardo Moser, yeah. Mostert, so like yeah. Moser, he uh, he was chalkier than I thought. Like that was there wasn't a lot of time, and he he got he got up he there. But I looked at him and Davis with the injury news. Those were two options of, of switching. And in uh, in my chat, Scott McCarty says um, I'm crunching way more than 150 and whittling down from there. Correct? Yes, exactly. Make a whole bunch of lamps and then and then pick from them. Um, Greg wants an, uh, a peek into your cash process. Yeah, uh, for, I have a private forum this year in my discord and, uh, we go over all the optimals and then come to a consensus. Do you, with that form, are you letting some, uh, football guys who have their hand a little bit more in the dirt, help you break ties when the, the numbers are, are, you know, negligible? Yeah, I kind of, usually it, comes pretty close to just a two V two or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're just like, whatever. Did you hear anything? You know what? And then just a small little discussion group to, to make. Cause uh, so I don't think simming for cash games is a great strategy. Usually what happens is just the optimal wins anyways. And in a sim, the interactions you're using Although if you've never done them, are really there's a lot and it's time consuming. It's hard to do, but it's really not enough for cash games because you really need to do. You really need to know what's going on in football, right? That to add that into some sim would make it really slow and complicated and not worth it. I think, but but to do a cash game sim, I think that's the proper way to do it. Like you need to know a lot of shit. Like like um. I don't know, like who's the like who's gonna like injury chances and who's gonna uh, back up chances of starting and stuff. Like, you need a whole lot more than what you're really trying to solve for in a GPP in a cash game. Um, but again, the cash game's not my 
specialty. Although I get, I mean, I play a ton of cash. Like I play everything on Yahoo, everything on Superdraft. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to plug this this Discord? Get, how do you get into the circle no. of trust? Uh, you probably can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was wondering. I I'm not even in the circle of trust. Yeah, I I, I posted it. You could have been in it. Yeah, if anyone who we know wants to be in it and gotcha. wants to. But not, it's not like questions and answers. It's like we're giving, we're, we're going, you know, we're posting yep. optimals and trying to figure out what what the, the what the best optimal is. Yep, that makes sense. The consensus optimal, not like how do you how do you win in a triple up versus a double up? It's like that's yeah. not for, that's not for this forum. Uh, I know. I will say I. I uh, I didn't even play cash uh, this week, and I don't plan to play cash. But I do like talking about it for some reason. It I, is, I think it's, it's interesting. interesting. The and like I don't know. I just think the edge right now is just that it's a super popular sport, and there's a bunch of noobs playing it. Yeah, it's not as big as it used to be because all the content's much better. But what I think for it? the first six weeks, you can make a couple, you know, a couple points off of it. Are you are you scooping? Are you exclusively posting? Uh, what it, what's your cash post strategy? I I think the best strategy if you're not a cash game expert is to play any uh, cash game with like sixty or more players. Um, if it's a hundred and fifty max cash game, you might want to stay away from it because all the pros are going to hundred and fifty max that, so it might be disproportional, and it looks like there's a lot of opponents. Um. And uh, heads up, you know, whatever, do whatever you want. And heads up, I I, I I just post, I just post whatever, not much, thousand dollars or something. Heads up, and just if they take them, they take them. I don't care. Did you? Um, are you with your cash game stuff? Are you in the higher stuff, going through and making late swaps as needed? No, because I'll only play like two hundred fifty dollar max cash game, maybe the five thirty. And it's just not worth your time to individually go look through. In football, I'm not I'm not concentrating that much on cash games. It's a seriously pretty simple strategy. Of there's a lot of noobs right now. I think I can make a couple points with a lot not a lot of effort. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Should I should I block Rinpack? I th- we're not allowed to talk about yeah, Yahoo, right? Rinpack, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> we don't talk about Yahoo. Zip it. Zip it. Um. Speaking about, uh, you know, shining a light on things, uh, you had a take on this, uh, this open sea scandal. We talked about it a little bit last night on club top shot. It was kind of breaking at the time, a little bit of insider trading with a, a open sea employee who is basically front running, uh, buying and flipping projects before they were placed on the front page, obviously giving those more exposures, giving them a bit of a boost. Um, and of, I, like, I, I really appreciate your take and I, that wasn't even where my, where my mind had gone, but tell people, uh, what, what your tweet was referencing. The, um, the problem with, yeah, the problem with it for us anyways, yeah, isn't that he was, you know, kind of a slimy move. It's that there's going to be news stories written about it. And oh, then from you, yeah. is there, I didn't, I didn't, there's big ones already. Yeah. Okay. And then from that eventually the state will want to get involved. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said, enjoy the wild, wild west. I'm like a broken drum here. I've been saying this for a while now on Maddox podcast too. And stuff is just in my, in my opinion, there's no way they're leaving this stuff alone. Obviously they already went off to crypto and that's, that is from what I read today, that bill that everyone was up in arms about that went from the Senate and then to the house. And then no one talks about it anymore. Yeah. I was, I was literally going to ask you what was the follow-up on that? They haven't passed it out of the house yet as my understanding, but it's going to pass out of the house. Is, and is refresh what, me and uh, maybe viewers who aren't aware, what are the implications of that? Bill? It was, um, uh, uh, <laughs> They were trying to fundraise for the inf- – it's in the infrastructure bill. Like the crypto, of course, is for some reason has to be in the infrastructure bill, and the idea is to pay for the infrastructure bill somehow. And, of course, they need to put crypto in to pay for this infrastructure bill. And so there's like a tax implications, and but the one of the other main problems is um, that they define like miners and all sorts of people in the crypto world. Uh, that have to do this KYC stuff and like 
figure out like information they don't even have and provide it and have that provided to, I'm assuming the IRS, but some agency. And so everyone was up in arms over it, passes the Senate, goes to the House, and then everyone seems to forget about it all of a sudden. Uh, and it sounds like like that's going to pass. Um, that's not DeFi and NFT totally. Re- I mean, it's related, but it's not. Um, they have you. They, they, they're just behind. They don't know what this shit is. You know what I mean? So, like, the more they've realized what it is, and then they get the people, uh, their allies, which are the big corporations, chirping in their ears. Um, there's going to be more, there's going to be more and more regulation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, you know, I saw Andy had a couple, he, he kind of hinted at this take last night and I guess I was got, we didn't get to talk about it more, but he was saying he didn't necessarily view it as insider trading. To me, it seemed like quintessential insider trading. I don't know if it's a semantics thing. Do you, what, how did you view it? Yeah. I mean, so this is, uh, you know, in the, the, the Liberty bro world, this is, something that's talked about a little bit. Um, so like I, I look at it as there's the legal portion and, and like what should be done. So like, I think you can have the opinion that it shouldn't be illegal, but he should still be like, I don't know, fired or censured by his employer. That's how I'd want it to be handled. Um, Insider trading is kind of just assumed like this horrible, this horrible thing because it's not equal, right? You didn't have an opportunity to um, benefit off the information, and he did, right? Um, I think that's debatable. So, okay, obviously, like I'm not defending this guy. You know, you shouldn't do that. But insider trading, I think, is uh, it's a little overblown. So, like, like. You can also change the scenario. Like, let's say you hear overhear someone on a phone call, and then go trade on that information. You're outside. Is, should that person go to jail? Um, you know, and just because something's not equal doesn't matter. Like, I'm not equal to LeBron James. That doesn't matter. I, that doesn't mean I should play uh, for the Lakers. You know, I'm not. Uh, uh, I shouldn't work in a laboratory just because I'm not good at science. Like, they they they're better than me at that. So, like. Just because something's not equal doesn't do it for me. And he and, and the other argument is, okay, who's the victim here? And there, there, there really is no victims. Because in insider trading, the, this is the argument anyways. The victims would be people who um, were going to buy shortly afterwards, the, like assuming he increased the price. Yeah. But missed out. We dumped on, yeah. But there's also the other people who were selling, who saved money, who made money, right? Because this is the equilibrium of the market. Right. So it's, in theory, it should benefit and hurt the same amount of people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like using your example of like if you heard a random phone conversation Mm -hmm. and were able to act on that akin to finding a hundred dollar bill on the ground, you know, versus if you used your access and you were like, uh, I don't, I don't know in this analogy, what it is like a security guard who then knows like where people traditionally drop their money (laughs) And, and, and he's going and using that to like, I think it is that kind of it's all not insider trade, but the insider information that you have access to that you use maliciously. Right. But um, I would say not maliciously, just um, in a slimy way, because there's no uh, well, maybe malicious does count, but there's no victim. So um, and and then the argument is, okay, he he's contributing to price discoveries. So, like, you know, we don't think about it very frequently, but like me and Pete aren't handy guys. So let's say there's some handy item we have to go buy. We don't know how much it costs. We don't know anything about it. But we know that if we go to the store, we're probably going to get about the right price, right? Like the guy, like for us, we, we're idiots in this this industry. They, it could be $1,000 or $10. We don't know. But through price discovery, we know that if we go to Walmart, we're going to get about the right price. Mm-hmm. So when well, he's maybe- trading on this, he just gets there first, but he's making the market more efficient so people aren't getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess the, if we continue to use that analogy of like overhearing a phone conversation is technically everyone, you know, 
in that vicinity could have had the same fortune to overhear that. But in this open sea case, like only someone who works on the back end that knows what's going to be put on the front page is privy to that information. There's not like a meritocracy to that information. Yeah. So the, um, what he did, it's way more slimy than overhearing something yeah. and also is probably insider trading by the legal definition. Um, I'm just saying just the libertarian case of, of whether inside trading is, is such a horrible thing in general, should it be a law? Because, you know, I've uh, most, if not all violent crimes, I don't think someone should actually go to jail. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I think it's um, a waste of money. Like up in New York, it could be $150,000 a year per inmate to house them and feed them. I think it's, um, they don't contribute. They don't pay back their debt by sitting in a cell. In fact, they, it probably makes more criminals by, you know, learning and commiserating with other more violent criminals. And also, as we've said before on this podcast, that can get pretty violent in there. And so it's cruel and unusual. So just like generally speaking, I would. So it's like the, it's like the, the same thing with the, the drug war for me. I don't think. I wouldn't do heroin, and I and I hope people would choose not to. But the drug war has been a complete failure, failure, and causes more problems than it helps. So I don't approve of the action, but I don't think he should go to jail. So like I think the it should be like handled through the, the through the employer or through like the another problem is there's no insider trading on the on the current like national level at stock exchanges. There's no there's no competition on stock exchanges anymore either. So previously, not even that long ago, each state, well, most of the states had their own stock exchange. So um, Hawaii had its own stock exchange, and they would use to fund the proceeds that they would make from that to fund the infrastructure on the island. Chicago's had its own stock exchange, probably went went away about I don't know, like 15 years ago. Detroit had its own stock exchange back in the early 1900s that helped fund the car industry and the boom of that that market. And then through regulation, so they kept making the barriers for becoming a publicly traded, on a federal level, publicly traded company, higher and higher and higher, that they just stopped going to these local stock exchanges. And they said, if it's going to be this hard, we'll just go to the big one. Let's go to the New York Stock Exchange. So, like, this is this would have been a way to punish companies. Is, um, um, you know. I think you were playing a little bit of a devil's advocate with this argument, but he's bringing up are those congress people just improving price discovery with that uh analogy if for congressmen uh doing insider trading no well i mean by definition they would be by definition yeah yeah by definition they would be improving price discovery that isn't but like i think maybe he just missed my he or she just missed my spiel too doesn't mean i, I approve of it yeah um yeah I, I don't think you should do heroin but i don't think it should be illegal um, now defending insider trading is a lot harder than defending my drugs because it is pretty, pretty slimy, but yeah, I think he should just have the employer decide what should happen to him. But like for us, like all that stuff's just philosophy. Who cares? Like you know, most people are going to disagree with me on most of the things I say, but whatever that one, they're definitely going to disagree with. The problem is what's going to happen if Congress does get involved. Yeah. And I'll tell you what'll happen. Like, their reaction um, won't they will not understand the mechanics. Like whatever their reaction to it will be disproportionate to whatever is happening. Yeah, they they have no clue what's going on. It'll be, you know, theater and the interest groups that have their ear do not want crypto to succeed or, you know, in the way we would want it to is the people who are interested in it. So they're gonna they're gonna use it to to go. We need to regulate this. We need to regulate this, right? And like, what happens when they re regulate it? It honestly could be a good thing for Open Sea, eventually after they get fucked here for a little bit. Yeah, Gerardo they asking. Can, uh, they released a statement. It seemed uh, they they did not make any promises to fire this guy. As I understood it, I was reading another thread about how OpenSea in general has some kind of like PR issues. They don't really have a forward-facing guy. And I guess this guy, Nate, 
was like one of their best like public liaisons. Like he was the like public face of a lot of stuff uh, in inter uh, interacting with a lot of people in the community and onboarding these projects. So I think they're in like a tough place where <laughs> if they take out that guy, then they're really left with nothing. So I, who knows what they're going to do? It doesn't seem like they're going to fire him as of now, but if the news stories get so big, like right. a head might just have to roll. That That's probably what'll ha happen if yeah. it blows up big enough. And it's a juicy story. So it probably will. In, but yeah. The, 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 but like speaking of Congress is then they'll, they will, they will regulate it. And then what will normally happen is just like with DraftKings or any other industry, they'll go, okay, two years from now or something. Well, in order to maintain these new uh, uh, security measures, we have to do all these things. So you can't just let any fly by the night NFT company start. They need to uh, adhere to these regulations that cost an arm and a leg, right? This is your guys' idea. We're doing it. They they have to too. It just have it happens over and over again, year in year out. And so the barrier of entry for competitions goes for competition goes up and up, and then you're left with three shitty outcomes. Your 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 return on your investment is going to drop to like a savings account right now, 0.05% or whatever, and uh, and we all we all suffer for it. Because of this asshole, or not because of him, just because of, just because there's there's selfish slime balls in every industry, yeah. And 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 the and, and the idea that they're gonna they're gonna protect you from getting scammed or this stuff happening in the future is laughable. They don't have the bandwidth or the knowledge to to accomplish that at all. It's all an illusion. Yeah. It to, and it's like you, you mentioned the the amount of you know headaches and regulatory headaches that this guy Nate is going to bring on to his employer here. To the, they would have given him a hundred ETH raise to to never <laughs> do this stuff. For it's just like the the downside risk of what he did. You know, relative to what I I talked about this last night. You know, too. I assume he has stake in you know a multi billion dollar company i assume he has an incredible wage i assume he was already in early on nfts and made a shitload it's like it's it's so reckless and dumb for the payoff so stupid and and on the blockchain it's like you, there's a there's a literal paper paper trail not a literal paper trail. there's a better than a paper trail a digital trail and you're and you're throwing it all down for what does anyone know how much he actually made off of it uh, I mean, they were saying like in the blockchain they were looking at, I mean, these were just flips of like, you know, one ETH or two ETH at a time, how many times he did it. I don't know. But you know, like, even if we put it at like a hundred ETH, which is, which is a lot of money, but not a lot of money relative to being a stakeholder in a multi-billion dollar company. And and that might go away. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it might go away. Out everything. Yeah. I mean, pause if you have like criminal plausible cause who knows maybe they have an out get them out no it's paying yeah. shit no i but i think penguin i think i think you bring up uh in general though it's a good thing we we get caught up in the euphoria of these hype cycles whether it's crypto whether it's nfts and i do think it's very important to keep in mind in the back of your head the the stuff that you are constantly talking about how especially when you have these scandals and the attention and the and the things that could come in the ripple you know, trickle down effects that it could have on the markets, on the assets that you've invest been investing in, flipping whatever. It, I mean, it, it's scary when that when this stuff happens because it, that hammer can come down quick. It, here's another one: influencers. I see this a lot. NFT influencers. Is it okay that they benefit? Is it okay that they pump? It's like there's a big difference between having a moral judgment on someone else and making a gigantic news story that brings Congress in. Right. So like I wouldn't I you know, I would say like, okay, if you pump and dump some some NFT project or something, you're a scumbag. But like if we go insane and constantly ask for, you know, like, oh, this is horrible, horribly unfair, and these news stories keep popping up, be careful what you wish for. And here and here's an, here's another thing too, is it the illusion of the state protecting you here in these scenarios, these things they know nothing about and don't have the bandwidth to protect you. The illusion leads people to go, oh, this is a website on the internet. I'm probably safe. You know, not everyone. Uh, it would be much better, though, 
if you just knew like you're taking a risk by engaging in business on any of these sites and then just just assess the risk yourself and either do it or don't or do it a smaller amount or more however you see fit because the results that are going to come from it it just just the way it's always worked is, is not going to be something you want it's going to be it's going to be a worse product yep yeah jeremy says top shot employees restricted from buying and selling and that was before like it came out that they some of those guys had um big wallets from early on they were asking they had, they were actually encouraging their employees to participate as they kind of worked out the product and stuff i think OpenSea should probably have something similar as a condition of employment if they have this information they could use i mean yeah i mean that's what i would do yeah i mean yeah. i don't see how many times are they gonna are these startups gonna have to do this where they have their employees use their product and it causes a big controversy like yep it seems pretty obvious standard operating procedure it's like sorry you can't play that was a good lulz episode we got to pick brian's brain about DFS about Sims, talk a little football strategy, talk a little open sea scandal in the state. What the state wants you to not know is they're coming for your NFTs. Uh, anything else, uh, Brian, before we get out of here? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm still trying to get my, my prop app working. It's not, oh, yeah. I mean, guys, still not done. Hopefully it finishes before tomorrow's game. Yep. But yeah, well, we, we got discord, we got pod, we'll be uploading shortly and, uh, we're still working on a, uh, sports betting episode. Does it, do people even care about sports betting? Dude, I, I, I go back and forth on that all the time. Like it, I feel like sports betting content is, is just like so hard to do right. I, I don't I don't know uh, I, I I legitimately would would you guys like to see us do a sports betting episode We wanted we wanted to get a guest because um, I think we could do I think we should do one week where we do like a very sports betting heavy episode and then you could come on like my Friday show and we could do like more DFS stuff on that show but do like a, a full um, sports betting but man I it, it's tough uh, I the stuff that I like about sports betting content I like I like futures content you know, for, for more mm. like uh longer time horizon bets. I love like sweat show type stuff. We reference the Darren Rovell sweating his ticket, getting real time offers mm. to cash out. Like I like that stuff, but just like, I feel like the edge is, is the sites like our friends over at bet the prop or like looking at your app and seeing where the lines and, and being really smart and savvy and you got to move quickly, but I don't feel like it lends itself to content. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's more of a, yeah, that's why I think like once you do like ever evergreen stuff, like a 101 and then maybe like a 201 class, you know, like couple kind of episodes, like what what else is there besides live betting, like live yeah. streaming and stuff, yeah. I almost feel like if if I could do it in my perfect one, I see someone mentioning you know, like the underdog parlays, like they're parlays, like you're, they're not going to be the strongest EV bets, but I feel like doing content that's like how to smartly have fun while betting. Like that's kind of where I'm always at. Like, I know I'm not going to be grinding every micro edge. I don't have the time. I'm not going to be shopping five books, but what are the things I can do to be sharp while still being a casual sports better? And, and I know that's kind yeah. of, wishful thinking but i right. do think that's the majority of what people want yeah yeah and easy tools i mean that's what i want too it's just like when i'm trying to line shop it's like oh my god and i know like and then some of these uh line shopping services are like delayed and like i'll go to the site and it's like it's already changed like you're behind it's a it's a pain in the ass yeah. uh jason says uh can we get ben the better on we tried we've tried guys he he turned us down i don't know like up our we could try again. Maybe things have have simmered down. Um, he still faves our tweets. Um, I don't think he does public appearances. Yeah, I don't blame him. He gets a lot of shit on Twitter. Probably not his uh, his favorite thing to do. Um, all right, guys, we're gonna wrap this up. Like Brian said, audio will be up later. You want to go prove yourself in Brian's Discord? 
make an application to be in the secret cash game chat. You could go do that. You could hop in the Deposit Kingdom Discord where uh, Club NFTs is just swallowing everything whole. Pretty wild day in the NFT market. Stay safe out there. Do your own research, not financial advice. <laughs> we love you. We'll see you guys next Wednesday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.